Hey guys, and welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Waylon, and together with Ali, we are the co-host of the Entrepreneurs Podcast, the podcast for and by women entrepreneurs. Every week, we share insightful and inspiring conversations with women entrepreneurs from around the world to share their entrepreneurial journeys. To check out our past episodes and be notified of our future ones, subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us right now. Get ready for a wonderful episode, and we can't wait to see you at the end. Hello, and welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we are so excited to have on Kate from Luminary today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, It is a gray day here in New York, but um, hopefully the weather will get better. Absolutely. I think it, it always is that like kind of spring in between weather where, you know, it's, you get excited. Maybe there's a couple days of sunshine and then it sort of gives you out. And then slowly enough, it'll just be so just sweaty hot in New York. You're going to hope a great day. Um, But we're super excited to have you on and share everything about your journey in Luminary, your entrepreneurial journey in baking, your global mindset and everything. But before we get started, we would love to ask you, what excites you when you wake up in the morning? Uh, so I'm a banker at heart after 20 years in financial services. So my morning starts with CNBC. Uh, <laughs> doesn't sound super exciting, but I get to see what's happening in the in the world, right? Um, not only um, the business and the markets, but the world and what's going on. So um, that is my morning uh, routine. And then I check the Wall Street Journal and I read Bloomberg. Um, and uh, that's really what I do in the morning. Um, and why does that excite me? Because I, I, I think there's just tremendous opportunity for for women and this company that I'm building. So that's what gets me excited because I continue to see the challenges that we face from a gender standpoint, from um, just in general inclusion, and then certainly for women entrepreneurs and the lack of not just access to capital, but just overall. So for me, it's always looking up. Um, You can only go up from here. So that's what gets me excited in the morning. I love that. And as someone who's in college right now, I feel like a habit that I'm trying to build is just like first thing when I wake up to listen to what's going on in the world. It's so easy to be stuck in a bubble of like, this is school, like you don't have to learn what's happening outside. Um, And we don't really have like TVs that just like play the news around campus. So you really have to be proactive with it. But I love how you've really incorporated it into your daily routine. And that's something that I hope more um, young undergrads can do for themselves. Moving on, I'd love to give a short introduction of you and then also ask you what's something that most people don't know about you. So Kate spent two decades in financial services, leading global multi-billion dollar businesses and many of the institutions, women's networks. During this time, she recognized a lack of investment and development of talent in the female pipeline. In a sharp career pivot, she set out on a new mission to help women seek a path towards advancement by arming them with new tools, resources, and communities to propel them to the top. Kate was recognized as one of the Forbes Next 1000 Entrepreneurs in 2021 and was named to Inc.'s Top 100 Female Founders in 2019. Alongside all of those amazing accolades, she has 20 years of banking and financial services under her belt, but what's something that most people don't know about you and that's not on your resume? <laughs> uh, so I didn't start in banking. Most people think that when you um, spend that long in, in financial services, that that's what you set out. 
your mind to do, right? So I'm in college, I know I wanna be a banker. I, in fact, I had no idea that I would ever get into banking. I was a political wow. science major in undergrad and thought that I was gonna go save the world in some way. Uh, I worked on the Hill, I worked um, on, at the State House in Maryland, and then I worked at an, a, a political action committee uh, all through college and realized that's not what I wanted to do. And when I graduated from college, it was the original tech boom. So um, wow. there was an opportunity to go work for a startup and I didn't even know what that even meant. Um, <laughs> I was not a business major. So from working at a startup in tech to then getting recruited into banking, never saw that to be my career path ever. And if you had asked any of my high school or college classmates, if they would have thought I would be a banker, they would have laughed at you. <laughs> That's so fascinating because you're able to sort of honor that international relations, political science background that you had in your undergrad, but then you also are excited about different chapters in your life. It's not like what you study in, in undergrad is necessarily what you're going to do forever, just one chapter of your life. But it is an important chapter, of course. So I'm curious to hear about where you grew up and how that sort of led you to get interested into political science in the first place. Yeah, so I I'm, I'm, uh, grew up in New Jersey. My father uh, was an FBI agent for many, many years, three decades in New York City. My mom wow. was a teacher. Um, and so I really grew up with two parents who wanted me to have a voice. So no matter what I was doing, um, whether that was leading a sports team or in my academics, they wanted me to have a voice. And I think that's what I saw them having. And for me, there was a natural I, I guess path to think about public service, especially given what my father did. Um, he was a political science major when he was in college and then went on to do international relations, um, then served in the Vietnam War and, and then got into, into law enforcement. So for me, that was just something that was ingrained and that you wanted to do things to, to, to kind of better the world and better society. And I was really interested in, in understanding not just you know the political process but the power and the influence and how that could create a better world not here just here in the u.s but globally and that's when i you know went back to school and and went to georgetown for international relations because i was fascinated by what was happening in the world and and wanted to make sure that i understood um how i could find my place in it wow how were you able to use your background in political science and then pivot into tech, but also pivot into the financial services? Do you feel like that major helped you and kind of gave you a foundation? Or do you feel like there were like certain soft skills that helped you out? What, what, yeah. what piece of advice would you give, I guess, someone who's trying to pivot their career? Listen, I think political science is a great major. You learn about what's happening in, in the world. You learn what's happening right here on our own soil, right here in the US. And uh, But no, <laughs> it did not provide me any skills as far as from a learning standpoint to get into tech or, or, or finance. And the reason I say that, and, and I kind of jest about it, is my focus as I've managed people now for 25 years is you really need hard workers you need a great work ethic. You need people that want to listen, listen, and listen more and learn and apply those skills. So for me, it was all about any role that I've done over the last 25 years, including starting a company, about learning, right? And learning quickly. And I learned by jumping right in. I, I am not an analyzer, which is actually not typical for a banker, um, but I learn and I listen and I, I keep learning. So I think that was a big um, 
characteristic that I had when I got into tech and certainly when I got into banking. I didn't know it all. Um, I didn't have a background on that. So that made me work that much harder to make sure that I was well educated in um, in whatever topics we were d discussing, My certainly my roles, and then learn from everyone around me, ask a lot of questions, which then in turn gave me opportunities to really create new relationship, mentorships, and then sponsorships. I think people often don't think about that. They think about transactional, I've got to get from here to here to here. I really took it to a different um, level around that relationship building, but that's what I learned in my in college, right? So forget the foundations of political science in my major. It was around people interaction, developing interpersonal skills, communication skills, leadership characteristics, those soft skills, be, being part of a team, leading a team, being a team player. All of that really informed sort of the net, all of my roles throughout my career thus far. I adore what you said about wanting to learn because that's something I think Waylon and I very much embody as well and anyone really listening to the podcast does. You don't want to do anything above really the bare minimum unless you actually enjoy learning. Mm -hmm. Unless you're being forced into a classroom when you're in a certain age where you have to go to school. Any other thing where you are seeking knowledge, may that be going to a class, may that be listening to a podcast, reading a book, it's because you're seeking new knowledge and you love to learn. So I really, really love how you're doing that. Um, and keeping that in mind, was this or was another idea similar to this, what initially inspired the idea of Luminary? And for those who don't know, do you mind also giving a brief introduction of Luminary while you're at it? Sure. I'll, so what inspired, so when you think about that learning, right, what you just talked about, Ali, um, where I see women in the workforce, we're constantly raising our hands to do more, to learn more, to jump on different projects, to get more involved, to, to get our, to, to really invest in our skills. And where I wasn't seeing that was with the company sort of doing that in a more inclusive, broader way and saying, great, Waylon and Ali may not be the same, but we're going to invest in who they both are and, and really invest in their skills and development so that we can push them through the pipeline so that become, they become better managers, better leaders, better performers, and ultimately stay in this company a very long time, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and, and do the same for others. I didn't see that. I saw that I would say uh, it was it was the exception rather than the rule. I had a very accelerated career in banking, especially given the fact that I didn't have that background. A lot of that has to do with my hard work and me personally wanting to learn and invest in my mm -hmm. skills and forcing the companies and the managers that I worked for to give me those opportunities and to invest in, in who I was and who I was becoming um, in the roles that I played. Luminary is really an extension of that, right? Because as I saw it in one organization and then really broadly across an industry, financial services being that industry at the time, and then looking around and hearing the similar stories in tech and retail and media and marketing, all industries were facing this and we see it every day in, 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 in everything we read about gender, right? And, and more importantly, not just gender, but just representation as a whole. And Luminary really was this idea that we can bring women without excluding men together, convene them, invest in their skills through programming and content, letting them learn what they want, but also where they have identified or someone has identified where they may have gaps or they need to upskill and 
creating a community around that. And that community is not just Kate Luzio, who's a banker at, at a financial institution. It's um, people that have left the, the workforce and are coming back. It's women that are in other industries. It's women in transition. It's small business owners. It's entrepreneurs. It's founders. Wow. And kind of bringing them all together versus saying, well, you're Gen Z, so you sit over here. You're a senior woman, so you sit there. You're mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, you sit there. There can be all of those groups, but I wanted to create a uh, uh, a, a group that brings all of us together. Um, and at the, I, I say this like over and over when I do interviews, not excluding men. Um, we need men on this journey. You need men um, and you will need men throughout the rest of your career. Why? Number one, they are still the majority of the decision makers in the world. Mm -hmm. They are still the majority of CEOs. They are still the majority of managers, right? That's why we have a gender imbalance, but we need them. And mm -hmm. so if I can educate them and, and, and create allies and advocates out of that male population, then we get there faster. Uh, so that was the sort of inspiration, I guess, if you will, about why Luminary. And now we've created this company that's now a global platform for women and our male allies. We work with both individual women um, as well as companies to really invest in their pipeline and individual women to really invest in their skills, but also creating and expanding a massive global professional network for everyone to tap into when they need it. Wow. I love the idea of not only including men because they're so important in this journey. I feel like oftentimes other women communities are solely focused on the women aspect. So I love how holistic Luminary takes the approach. But I also love this idea of connecting cross generations, cross disciplines, because it's so important not to just be in a niche. Oftentimes in like graphic design classes or art classes, they say that um, there's like this quote that I really love where this person like never reads books of the same genre at one time because that like being able to connect ideas from different disciplines is where he finds most creativity to fall under. And so I love, you know, creating networks beyond just like the discipline that you're working in. I'd love to learn more about that specific moment where you decided to leave your job in the financial services to Luminary. What was that like kind of taking that leap of trust? So I actually didn't think of Luminary when I was still employed. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it came about six weeks later, maybe a little bit more. Um, I, had, I had been thinking about, because I led our women's networks and the majority of, of banks that I worked for, I, I, I obviously was very engaged with what women were wanting and needing and why they were leaving when I decided that I wanted to, we'll call it take a break from banking uh, because you never know. Uh, I didn't leave my role or my job or the roles that I had in banking because I didn't like it anymore. I just wanted to do something different. And I still love um, that world and never say never. I mean, still pretty young, so who knows what will happen. Yeah. But, taking that break was really forced me. I had a conversation with one of my male mentors, um, which by the way, most of my mentors were male, uh, white males. And he said, I think, you know, have you ever thought about what you want to do next? And I had never thought about it because I was on this Gen X sort of, and I'm a proud Gen Xer, but you just keep getting the next milestone. You get the next raise, you get the next promotion, here's the next thing. Um, and while I had moved across three companies over that 20 years, 
I was still very focused on that sort of what's the next step, right, on the ladder. And I had never taken the time to say, what do I want to really do? And because, goes back to that original part of my story, I never set out to be a banker, right? That wasn't my path. That was not what I thought I was going to do. That would sort of fell upon me and there was an opportunity. So I quit, not really thinking, um, or I left the role and said, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I immediately started talking to recruiters about different roles. And what I found was that the recruiters only wanted to put me back in banking roles. They were not looking more broadly at my transferable skill sets. And I knew that that was not happening with men, right? Right. Men just have a better opportunity to kind of move around. And so women are often placed in a box and that's what you do. Uh, and so that sort of started to, to, to stick with me. And, and then whilst I was interviewing, I went to a woman's event and and realized that I wanted to do something better than just having an event every once in a while. I wanted to do this every day to give women the skills and to give them the community and to give them the content. And um, I went home from a, that event and started writing my ideas down. And two weeks later, I had a business plan. Wow. That's amazing. I like how you talked about as well in the career and particularly the women, how unfortunately many times women stick to one career and sort of stay in this box rather than being able to adapt to new careers. So you had this wonderful idea. You had people who want to be excited about it. How did you get it started and how did you convince the world that they all needed Luminary too? So, you know, I, I am, again, my 20 plus years in, in corporate America really, um, helped to establish incredible skills around building businesses, rebuilding, closing business downs, restarting businesses, especially mm -hmm. in finance. And so I knew that if I was going to do something, I needed a plan. And that's the business plan. That's your North Star that keeps you focused on your mission. Um, once I did that, I decided to, to, to ensure that how was I going to fund the business, right? So needed to do financial projections, which allowed me to see, you know what, I can do this on my own to start, assuming we're successful. Um, I could do an initial capital, capital injection to build the business self-funded and then hopefully reinvest as the business um, uh, created success. I then started talking to people. So former colleagues, friends in my network, friends of friends in my network and saying, what do you think? So sharing, I wouldn't call it a business plan, but a modified sort of business plan around the idea of what I was trying to create. I started talking to companies that I knew because they were former clients and many said, this is great. I would love to do this. You also had at the time, a lot of women's co-working spaces really starting up. So there was mm -hmm. an understanding of what a space could be. I think the programming aspect um, was a little bit um, more difficult to understand. How are you going to actually create programming? Um, so that was, you know, I did a bunch of, I would call mini focus groups around the business and then actually went on, on, on the road and visited several women's spaces around the country just to see what they were like, mm -hmm. um, what they offered, why they, why women were coming there. A lot of them were very, very focused on entrepreneurs and, and that freelancer and gig population, which is great. And we have a lot of those at Luminary, but I also wanted to make sure we had this corporate aspect and this corporate focus so that I could go in and move the numbers faster 
um, since that is our goal to advance women in the workforce. So that was that, and then really understood what kind of people I needed to hire in order to bring this to mm -hmm. life. And eight months later, we had launched our physical space, which I'm sitting in in New York, um, and um, were you know uh, really you know focused on on bringing building our membership, and then obviously bringing more and more corporate members on. I love that. When you were designing the physical space, so designing that physical space is something that seems really left field for something um, that you've done looking at your career path. <laughs> what was it like kind of creating the vibe, like even landing on the name Luminary and your signature colors? So I had thought of a million different names and I had a huge, um, a bunch of like po big poster board papers in my apartment and I was writing all these different names and then mm -hmm. looking up web domains um, and thought I had settled on one. And then I got an email from a former colleague at JP Morgan who I didn't know. And I, I, on the side, I, I sit on a couple of boards and one of those boards is Girls Inc. And I had posted something about, you know, International Women's Day and Girls Inc. This is March of 2018. And this gentleman emailed me and said, I just want to let you know, I've always followed you. You don't know me. Um, but when you were at JP Morgan, I, I really thought you were such a luminary. Oh, and wow. I was like, luminary? And got on Google, of course, and then looked up a million things. And um, obviously, you can't trademark it's that name. But that was it. That was the name. Um, and luminary is light. So the yellow um, really, you know, that was something that um, we wanted to bring to life was that yellow and this idea of lightness, um, that luminaries are light in the world and role models and influencers. Um, and then as far as the space, I knew it was somewhere I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted to create something that was very light and our space is extremely, it's, it's so much light. Um, that also had quiet spaces, that also had social spaces, that had workspaces so people could come and, and whether they were writing their first book or you know starting their first company or just coming to have a glass of wine with a colleague, that's what I wanted to create. And I wanted to have amenities that women on the go need. So we have a fitness studio, we have a beauty bar, we have locker rooms, we have showers, we have a meditation room. Um, because I wanted it to be a space where, what, again, whether you were getting ready for your next meeting or you were coming to an event and you wanted to look your best or you were sitting down and, and just at your computer all day long, our space was the space to be. And so, and then making sure it was extremely welcoming when you walked through the door. And I think that's the vibe that everyone says when they walk in. It's everything from the person at the front desk, our community managers who are incredible, um, all the way to the coffee, to the space, to the to, to the to the products in the bathrooms. Um, it's all about us uh, as a gender on the go, but also making it so that men feel welcome too. It's not too feminine. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I didn't realize it was also a space that, correct me if I'm wrong, but men are also welcome. It's yeah. not only women. So tell me the intuition behind that, because I can see Luminary existing as a space that's women's only, almost like a modern day boys club. If exactly, you're exactly, you are exactly right, Ali. That is, that is what I say all the time. I'm like, this is modeled off of these old boys clubs, but mm -hmm. that women were never allowed to go in. So I'm defeating the purpose of this idea of inclusion and diversity and advancing us. If I, if I set up another barrier, 
right? Because what is the, what are the men going to say? Well, now I'm not included, even though we've not been included for years in those, but I wanted to go against that and goes back to what I said earlier. We've got to bring men along on our journey, right? We need yeah. them. So excluding them doesn't help us. Now, are 90% of the faces that you see when you come into our space here in New York, women? Yes. Um, but they're all women. And then we have so many men. And the one thing that they say is, wow, I, I don't, I feel so good here. I feel so welcome here. I don't feel like I'm an outsider. And that is what we want everyone to feel like, no matter mm -hmm. what you are, what you look like, what you do. Um, when you walk in the door, the, the playing field is leveled. So forget your ego because we're all in this together. I love that. And I think that's that stays true to the mission that you told us about earlier, but also just like in the space of inclusion, like we don't want to have steps towards inclusion to also include exclusion, if that makes sense. Exactly. I'd love to learn more about how corporate women who, you know, work classic nine to fives, um, how do they incorporate the luminary life into their lifestyle? Yes. Yeah, so we, when, if you think about two years ago, pre-pandemic, um, mm -hmm. the, the, the benefit, but also the challenge was you had to be in the New York area to take advantage of all of our programming. So we were running about five to seven events every single week, events, oh, workshops, wow. speakers, you know, fireside chats, again, all focused on that learning and development for women and all different kinds. So if you were trying to focus on your career development, you were building your company, you were building your personal brand, mental health, financial confidence, pandemic hits, we go online before before we even had to lock down in New York City, we went online. We said, we have to get this programming to our members. That's why they come, not just the space. And so when you think about whether you're in the nine to five job or you're a student, what do you want? You want that opportunity to be able to participate mm -hmm. in those events, in those workshops, to learn, to connect, to meet others, to build your network and to build your skills, obviously. So for our corporate women, it was fantastic because they could jump, they could jump on a Zoom and whether they were coming for 10 minutes of a speaker or 10 minutes of a workshop or a panel or an hour, um, 99% of our sessions are no longer than an hour. They're all live. So there's no webinars. Um, we really believe in engagement and we want people to be able to ask questions and meet others and engage in the chat. So everything we do is what we call live programming. Again, there's no idea. You can download because we have a content library. So after the fact, if you've missed it or you want to go back to something, but all of that programming is live engagement. We feel like that's the best way for people to be able to, to learn. So as a corporate woman, about 50% of our programming is designed for you as you're building your career. And about 50% of that other programming is really around that small business entrepreneur. But let's remember 1800 plus new businesses are started every single day by women. So there are a lot of women that are leaving corporate or taking a break from corporate like me to start their own business. So we want to make sure that we have a very broad range of programming and it's very holistic to what's what matters to you versus what matters to your company. Um, and so we say even from a corporate standpoint, your company may be sponsoring a corporate membership like JP Morgan or Spotify. But it comes down to what you want to take advantage of as far as your learning and development. 
I appreciate a lot how you put it into the members' own hands. It's you can make the most of it. You can come every day, every workshop, connect every person and learn, or at the same time, you don't have to do anything you want. So from those who have been engaged, especially with the community in New York, what has been the feedback and what have been the reception of Luminary in the past couple of years? Because you guys started during COVID as well. So how have people been able to grow, communicate, and develop their own careers through Luminary? So I think um, we, we do regular surveys on impact and that's that's mm-hmm. the word we use all the time. It's um, so whether it's creating a new connection, whether it's I've gotten a new a raise, I've gotten a promotion, I've gotten a new role. Um, some of the things that that, you know, all of workshops we've teached uh, around being able to secure that new opportunity all the way to I've started my business or I've I, I've already been a business owner, but now I'm getting new clients out of Luminary. That's a big one for business owners, right? We need revenue generation. Um, I fa- or I found my next hire at Luminary. Um, all of those things we look at as impact. And wow. one of the biggest things that women or our members will say is I have a new connection, right? I've met somebody that now I've connected with or I'm mentoring or we've developed a mentoring relationship. Um, creating those connections is so much of what it's about. As I think about my you know, 20 years in banking, the majority of my network were in the banks that I worked for. I didn't have a broad network outside of my, 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 my work, right? Or my clients. And so now I look at my network, you know, four years later, and it's 10 times the size of, of what it was as a banker, because now I have a founder network. I have a small business network. I have coaches in my network. I have women in retail. I have women in marketing. I would have never had those had I not created Luminary. Um, I always say I would never have met a lot of these people in my former life um, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Luminary. And that's what we hear all the time. I love that. And I think I'm pretty heavy on like the research on capital flow to women entrepreneurs. And um, through this research, you see some of like the key points that come up, why women aren't getting capital flow to them. And one of the main ones is like that network for that family and friends round at the beginning. Like most women don't have as large of a network um, in these professional spaces and across disciplines. So I love the work that Luminary is doing kind of to tackle that and to create organic relationships between people um, in a space that's meant for, for women to grow professionally. I know that Luminary has exciting couple of weeks coming up. Could you tell us more about going on the road? Sure. So uh, as, as we talked about, when we started this journey three years ago, we were a physical space here in New York, which is amazing. And we reopened right after lockdown. We've been reopened. But because of the pandemic, that silver lining is that we've been able to grow our virtual and digital membership now worldwide. We have members in more than 30 countries. Um, and in the US, obviously, we have cities that have numbers of members. And we said, we don't know them physically. We know them in a Zoom, like I know now the both of you, but what really do they want on the ground locally? If we were ever luminary to expand physically, what would that look like? What cities? And so <clears throat> we um, we announced earlier in March um, our In This Together national tour. So we're hitting about 10 cities this year. 
across the U.S. Um, International TBD. But um, we start next week in Nashville. We actually then come back and we're doing something in Harlem, um, which is here in New York City. Then we'll head to D.C., Boston, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, Austin, L.A., Chicago, um, and maybe a few more. So this is really to bring our programming and content and community to these cities, um, to not only the members that are there, but also some of our corporate employees, right? So the corporate members that we have may have employees in these cities. We want to engage with them. And then um, through workshops and content and programming, that will be the full day in each of these cities. And then allowing networking, right? I think people have felt isolated. So we want to bring that back into the, the physical realm, so in real life. And so that's, we're really excited about that. And um, we've got great speakers and workshops in each of these cities. Um, and we've also got in each of the cities, um, some of our corporate members who are great partners of ours, JP Morgan Chase, Verizon, Indeed, um, Walmart, um, ADP and others that will join and, and host and facilitate different sessions in each of the cities along with us. So many, many things are happening in the future soon. And as we begin to wrap up, we'd love to ask you a few questions that we ask every one of our guests. The first one being, what is something that you love about yourself today? I love my outfit today. Ooh, tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. Give us a little outfit of the day. So I love, I'm, I, people often say, why don't you get into fashion? I love fashion. It's my mom and my grandmother are sort of ingrained that into me, mm -hmm. um, but I love fashion. So I was watching um, this weekend, um, we were the We Crash Hulu and right. I, Anne Hathaway is just amazing in it. So my outfit today is channeling Anne Hathaway in the first episode where they walk in and, and he's basically getting fired. But um, I, love I love my I love I feel confident and better when I'm when I when I'm dressed my best. And that's something that I learned a long time ago. So I love fashion. And so every day is something where that's my creativity is putting it into my clothing, which may sound a little bit superficial, but that's where I get, you know, creative versus um, others that are actually super creative. I love that. And what is something that you are grateful for today? Totally grateful for my family. Um, mm -hmm. I have I don't have children. I'm not able to have children, but I have nine nieces and nephews um, and one on the way. Um, my niece is pregnant. Congratulations. So um, I am really grateful for them. They I have two amazing brothers, one on each side, and, and they have lots of lots of kids. And I have great I'm two amazing parents. Um, I'm grateful for that every day and I'm lucky to have them around me. I spent most of my career on the road or internationally. So now being back in the New York area, they're all in New Jersey. I can see them really whenever I want. And it's a great, um, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. I love I, back to family because it feels like you also create a family with Luminary. You're right. I love that so many people say that. When I when I say, well, I don't have kids, they're like, yeah, but you have Luminary. Um, and uh, and it is, it's a, it's a family, it's a community. I, I think of my the, my team that surrounds us, that, that helps us bring this vision to life every day. They are our family. I tell anyone that, that has ever left their role and gone on to something else that they're part of the Luminary family forever. Um, and you're exactly right. I think I couldn't do this every day if I didn't feel that um, it, kind of in my bones that what we're building is that family and that community. And that's how I grew up. I love that. 
And to end us off, what does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur? Um, it is the hardest thing that I've ever done. It's probably also the most rewarding thing I've ever done because it's mine. And I, I get, I get to, well, we, cause it's not just me, right? I have a great team and I always say, it's not just the founder and the entrepreneur that brings these visions to life, but, um, especially making it through the pandemic, I'm so proud of what we've accomplished and the fact that we're profitable and sustainable and we did it without anyone else meaning any other funds that's our journey um i'm on the i'm on a mission to get others funded when they need funding my business didn't you know i i chose to fund it in a different way myself but um i think an entrepreneur also has um it's the biggest risk you can take in life and so i say to any entrepreneur no matter how small or how large their business is you took the ultimate risk and you bet on yourself um and that's what being an entrepreneur means to me i absolutely love that and i think that holds so much weight especially for this next generation of entrepreneurs um, and hopefully a lot of you listening to this podcast for our audience who want to continue to follow your journey and luminary's journey how and where can they do that Sure. So uh, you can on the on the web, it's wearluminary.com. You can find out about us there. That's the same. Our social is at wearluminary um, across all the social platforms. And I'm my my I'm my best platform is LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn at Kate Luzio, Kate with a C, C A T E L U Z I O. And if you happen to follow me on Instagram, it's the same, but that is much less thought leadership and much more about me as a person. And that's super important as well, because at the end of the day, it's the people and their stories who are driving entrepreneurs. So I highly recommend anyone uh, to also share their personal journey as you're sharing your entrepreneurial journey. Um, but thank you so much for coming on today. We loved hearing about your journey through banking, pivoting your career, studying political science, bringing women and men together through Luminary and everything in between. Thank you so much for coming on, Kate. We loved having you. Thanks for having me and thanks for reaching out. See the power of LinkedIn, right? Yes, very true. Very true. We do a lot of LinkedIn reach outs for the podcast too. So if anyone was listening and you think LinkedIn is dead a little bit, I guarantee you there's still people using it and it's still quite <laughs> active. Um, but thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. That wraps it up for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope hearing from this founder helped you learn more about your entrepreneurial journey and their entrepreneurial journey. If you liked this episode, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Even better, please leave us a five-star review and share your thoughts on the podcast. Want to get in touch, send a question, or suggest a guest? We read every one of our emails and DMs, so please feel free to reach out to us at our email address or on any social media platform at the Entrepreneurs Network. You can also check out our show notes for more ways to chat. The Entrepreneurs Podcast is just one of the shows under the Entrepreneurs Network. Each podcast show explores its own niche community of women entrepreneurs. To explore our other shows, be sure to check us out on our socials and on our website at entrepreneursnetwork.com. Thank you so much for our amazing team at the Entrepreneurs Network but especially our podcast producers helping to make this episode come to light. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.